Oh man, hi everybody. Good grief. I almost feel like we've kind of done our deal tonight and we've, uh, the message has been proclaimed, the prayers have been prayed, the worship has been had, and man, we just pray and go home, right? Oh my gosh, what a remarkable time so far. I don't know if yet, that last song that we sang, there is so much in that, that it is the message for tonight where we find the good news, we find that we get to be good news people representing Jesus to all of the world in the suffering. It's in the difficulty of suffering. You know, there's this, uh, this Chinese proverb I, I, I shared years ago, and I wanted to bring it back up uh, this evening, just kind of as we enter into uh, this, this talk tonight, okay? So here's how it goes. A farmer's got several horses. They give him status, they give him wealth, and there's other people in the village that often tell him how good it is that he has these horses, and his answer to them is, good or bad, Who's to say? One day the horses, they breach his fence, they break free and run away. And he's lost his horses. And the villagers are quick to point out how terrible and awful that is. What a bad predicament to which the man answers, good or bad, who's to say? The man goes out, his son goes out and starts looking for the horses that have escaped. A few weeks later, he returns with the horses, along with a few wild horses who had joined the herd. The villagers tell the man how wonderful it is that the man now has his horses back, along with a few more, and he responds, good or bad, who's to say? A few days later, in an attempt to tame and train the wild horses, the man's son is thrown and breaks his leg. And when the villagers hear about the injury, they feel so sorry for the man and his son, they say, how terrible. And once again, the man replies, good or bad, who's to say? The son must rest and recover and let his leg heal. And during the recovery, the army marches into town looking to recruit all able-bodied young men to fight in the war. Because of his injury, the son is unable to join the fight. This is very good luck, the villagers say. To which the man replies, good or bad, who's to say? It's an interesting proverb. And the man in this story, he experiences less of the emotional roller coaster than all of the villagers that have been talking with him and are watching his predicament and his surroundings. By not labeling his experiences or his situation as good or bad, not, not, not attaching his outcomes to his expectations, he's able to find peace in any situation. And of course, this situation here, it's really good for us to remember this story when things don't turn out as we expect for them to turn out. It's also a good reminder of just how little we control while we walk on the face of this planet, right? Now, here's what we do control that we can learn from this story. We control how we respond. We can't control the other people. We can't control our circumstances. We can't control our situation in a lot of times. But what we can control is how we respond to what happens. Now, here we are. 
We are well on our way into 40 days of Lent. This is that time, Darren, I love the metaphor of this is the playoffs, getting ready for the Super Bowl. This is the thing. And this is when we gotta make sure we make things right. We gotta get things right, get, get into practice shape, get into game shape, and make this thing happen, okay? And so this Lenten series, what we're gonna focus on Obviously, good news. It's the gospel. We know the cross is coming, death, burial, and resurrection. It's the game changer for everybody that's ever walked the face of this planet. But what we're going to do is we're going to determine and we're going to focus on the one who does determine what is good and what is not good. We're going to focus on him. And we're going to challenge and we're going to evaluate our lives. We're going to take a deep dive into our life, into the life individually, into our lives collectively, And we're going to focus on God's good news and repent of where we've failed to live it out. We're going to apologize for it. We're going to ask for forgiveness where we've missed the mark. And so we're going to ask questions like we asked tonight. Does our community recognize our church as good news? When you are at work, when you are at play, when you are at your kids' events, when you are whatever you're doing at the local restaurant, you're talking with the server, you're at the city council meetings, and you're representing you and whatever organization that you represent, you also represent Legacy Church, you represent the church everywhere you go. Does our community recognize our church as good news through you? Are the words that come out of your mouth good news? Are the words that come out of your mouth mean? Are they biting? Are they backstabbing? Do they make people feel bad about themselves? Or when people walk away from you, do they feel better about who they are? Do you complain all the time? Are you a crappy tipper? How are we known, right? As the believing community and specifically Legacy Church. Now, in reflecting on questions like this, we're gonna, we're gonna be, we're gonna, We're going to encourage one another to spend some time just repenting where we've missed the mark. Some things we're probably knocking it out of the park. Some things we're just missing the mark. There's areas that we've gone our own way, sometimes well-meaning, but we're just not, we're not where God wants us to be. We're not in this good way that God has for us. And so tonight, Christ be magnified. The song sung it, all right? Key truth. Jesus brings good news to those who are suffering. This is who we need to be. This is who we need to be. Luke chapter four, verses 16 through 22. While you're, while you're uh, turning there, let me just remind you of the events leading up to this. So Jesus has just been in the wilderness for 40 days, fasting and being tempted in every way, fully human, dealing with sexual temptation, dealing with with food insecurities and food temptation, dealing with, with, with all kinds of power temptation and dealing with all this temptation that you and I, we function within this world being tempted by this stuff every day of our lives. Jesus has just come from the wilderness being tempted in every way that we could possibly be tempted as humanity here on this earth. And he has come out of the wilderness sinless, Temptation has never given birth to sin in his life. And that's unlike you and me, right? But temptation has never given birth to sin. And so that's Jesus. And so now he begins the earthly ministry that he's going to do for three years leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection. So he begins his earthly ministry. Verse 16, he went to Nazareth. You guys remember, hopefully, 
He had been brought up there. And on the Sabbath day, day of worship, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Now, here's the thing you need to understand about this. The scroll of Isaiah was not like you and me opening our Bibles. We can, we can turn, some of you have tabs in your Bible, some of you got your phone and your device, and you're able to just figure out where you want to go. When he was given the scroll, this is this massive scroll, you know, and he had to unroll this scroll and kind of tighten up one end and tighten up the other end and loosen the other end and lo- to find where he was going to be. And what Jesus did was he was able, in this precious, amazing scroll, to find the section of Scripture that he was looking for. This was really hard to do. Most of the time when people opened the scroll, they just began reading wherever they were. And that's what they dealt with, but not Jesus. Not Jesus. Jesus was extraordinary, right? And so Jesus takes the scroll and he found the place where it is written these words. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to do what? To proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners to proclaim recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of Jubilee, otherwise known as the year of the Lord's favor, where all debts were paid off. Everyone was no longer a slave to the lender that was all taken off of them, and they were set free. Can you imagine can you imagine? Amazing, amazing. So he's, he's proclaiming this freedom for all. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, which I'm sure the attendant was like, what the heck just happened? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? This dude's like, wow. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began saying to them, today, This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, he's a hometown boy, and he's talking to his church. He's gone back home, and he's talking to his church. And this is where, verse 22, everybody's all a little proud when he came back. But then he says these words, and publicly, all spoke well of him. They were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. And then they said, Isn't this Joseph's son? He's making some pretty bold claims. He's declaring that he is the answer to Scripture, to the prophecy that the Messiah would come. He's saying that's him. That's just Joseph's son. We saw him grow up. We saw him as a stinky teenager. We saw him in all of these different ways that it's like, wait a minute. Yes, he's special. Yes, we understand. He was a cut above everybody else, but God, come on, Messiah. And so, yes, the people were astonished. They were shocked. They were amazed at his gracious words. Now, there's a whole lot to this, being amazed at his gracious words. A lot of times we read this and think, man, they're so proud of him. They're so amazed by him. They're like, man, Yes, this is from our home. This is our boy here. Jesus was praised in the synagogues. Yet, this story is also an illustration of his ministry. And his ministry is a story of rejection and eventual suffering. 
And so while here he is, everybody's seeing him and he's doing this thing and everybody's amazed and astonished. This also is a story of rejection because as he is praised, the question is, will people actually follow Jesus and accept his good news? N.T. Wright writes these words. He said, the people were astonished by his words about God's grace for all humanity. It blew them away that he's talking about all humanity instead of what everyone expected, which was grace for Israel and fierce judgment for everyone else who has done anything against Israel or has just been non-helpful to Israel, whatever the case may be. That was what Israel was expecting. Good news meant freedom for Israel. But they then would go from being the oppressed to being the oppressors. That was always this understanding. The Messiah comes and now we're the ones in power. Now we're the ones that can thumb other people. But Jesus stood before his hometown church and said, no, 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 no. Freedom is for everyone. Everybody, Jew, Gentile, freedom is for everyone. Now, one of the things that, that we've found through the years, Jesus found this out in the moment, and that is those that are in power don't like it very much whenever they are relieved of that power. They don't like it very much when those that are subject to them are now going to be set free. That's where the road that Jesus came to pave was different. It was different than the road that had been paved up to that point because God is the one that's in power. Everybody thinks that humanity is in power. God is the one that is in power. Jesus is the son of God, fully human here on this earth, proclaiming God is the one in power. And what God chooses to do with that power is the most remarkable, amazing thing ever. What he chooses to do is for the people of this earth to be set free from the authorities that would oppress them and that he would keep them and, and, and that, that he would keep the people and he would keep them free of those that want to oppress. See, Jesus is different. And so tonight we talk. Jesus brings good news to those who are suffering. And so we just ask ourselves this very simple question. Do you, does your life bring good news to those who are suffering? Do you even see them? Do you notice them? Are they the people that nobody wants to be around and nobody wants to talk to and everybody wants to steer clear of? Do you notice them? Do you hear their voice? And when you do, do you bring good news to those that are suffering. Now, what's so interesting about this story of Jesus is that here's Jesus, and he's, he's living out God's plan for his life. And what we find is the very people doing God's will are oftentimes the ones who will also suffer. Because here's Jesus who has said yes to show up on this planet and to proclaim good news, to set the oppressed free, to bring good news to the poor and, and to care for them and all of this stuff. And here, this is what Jesus has come to do. And in so doing, he gets rejected. 
Have you ever been there before where you, where you talk to somebody and you're caring for them and you're encouraging them and the next day you hear that they heard what you said a little differently than what you said? You were just trying to help clarify maybe something going on in their life and what you found is that you greatly offended them in your trying to help the day before. This is kind of the idea of what happened to Jesus here. And so it should really be no surprise to us whenever whenever we're trying to care for people, and in so doing, we then become the ones that suffer. This is Jesus. This is what Jesus shows us in this moment. It's the no good deed goes unpunished thing, right? But it shocks us every time. When we care for people, and the people you care for the most end up hurting you? And what's wild about this is, Jesus is helping us understand that that's the moment in which we really understand freedom. That's the moment in which we really understand what matters on this earth. That's the moment in which our eyes are opened because that's where things get different. The world we live in says, yeah, you help people, they're grateful to you, and then they honor you at some point, you feel good about yourself, and you move on. That's not real life, is it? Not if you're doing it right. That's not real life. That's not how this plays out for the Christ follower. Jesus sets the example to bring good news to those who are suffering while suffering rejection and eventual death himself. And so we ask a question tonight, a couple more questions for us. Are you in need of freedom? I mean, is there something? Is there a financial burden? Is there a health burden? Is there, is there something that you just feel trapped? A relationship that you're in? Um, there's, there's history, maybe there's past hurts, and you just, they just keep rearing their ugly head, and you're sitting here kind of going, I just want to be set free. Are you in need of freedom? Tonight's for you, right? God came to bring freedom to those who are suffering. Jesus came to this earth in order to bring free and to set the oppressed free. So here's my question for you. Are you a person who extends the gospel message to everybody around you in your suffering? Because that's where it really comes down. Anybody can struggle personally about our circumstances and situations. We become a Christ follower when we take those circumstances and situations and rather than being the martyr, rather than drawing all the attention to ourselves and expecting all the people to surround us, instead what we end up doing is we actually go and care for someone else. In the moment of suffering, one of the greatest ways we can understand our faith and we can understand the person of Jesus is in the moment of suffering, we then go and serve. We care for other people because it opens our eyes that the pressure of what we're in may or may not be so bad. It may be horrible, right? But freedom also exists in that. Because we have the freedom to choose how we're going to respond to whatever the situation is that we're in. So the question is, do you bring good news to those who are suffering when you are suffering? There's the litmus test. There's the challenge for the Christ follower because anybody can bring good news to people who are suffering when we're healthy and doing good. Anybody can do that. 
It's miraculous when our response to challenge, our response to hard situations and circumstances is to be generous towards somebody else. We have financial difficulty and then we choose to be generous. See, that's when we start to really figure out. We're sick. We have a, something going on within our lives health-wise and we care for someone who's sick. That's when we begin to open our eyes and begin to understand this gospel message because believe it or not, it's in times of suffering where you can best find freedom from the pressures of this world. That you can look at the pressures of this world and realize, you know what? I don't have it so bad. You ever been there before where you're like, man, you're having such a hard time and everything's challenging and tough and all that kind of thing. And then you go have lunch with somebody and they start talking and you're like, oh, I got nothing to complain about. <laughs> you ever been there before? Yeah, you're like, I need to shut my mouth because holy cow, I had no idea. And there they are and they're joyful and it's a challenge there. We can find freedom from the pressures of this world. I mean, I mean, imagine, okay, so, so this is just kind of the, an easy thing to do, just, just imagine the weight that can be lifted off of us when we understand the gospel message the way that Jesus is helping us see through this story here, okay? So imagine you have a terminal illness. Some of you are in this room like, Danny, that is not hard for me to imagine. I've been down that road before. Maybe you're in healing. Maybe you're still there right now. But imagine you have a terminal illness and you're, in this moment of mourning, and you're trying to figure out how to mourn the loss of life. Yes, the loss of life when, when, when your day is going to, to come to, or when your life is going to come to an end, but also the loss of life that you're going to be able to live or not be able to live between now and then, based upon whatever decline is going to come your way. You're not quite sure what that's going to be, but what you know is it's going to be very, very difficult. And now imagine. You go to the doctor the next day, and what you're told is, we just did these scans. There's nothing present. You're as healthy as you've ever been. You have been released from this. You've been set free from this. You no longer are sick. Go live. There's no reason that you shouldn't live beyond the average lifespan of a human being here on this earth. Can you imagine the moment in which the doctor tells you that the shock, the awe, the freedom, the, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's a huge weight that would be lifted off. I don't tell this story on a very small level. I tell this story in a big level because what you have to understand is as wonderful as that news would be in your life, this understanding here of what Jesus is bringing offers that kind of liberation in our lives on a whole nother level. And I know you're sitting here going, Danny, I don't understand. You're talking about life and death. How can it be even bigger? I'm talking cosmic. I'm talking beyond mind-blowing, huge freedom. And guess what happens? That freedom can be offered through the sickness, whether your sickness ever is actually eradicated from your body or not. That's why Jesus came to this earth. So no matter what your situation is, no matter what your scenario is, no matter how hard things are, you have to understand Jesus came to set you free. We just have to choose whether we really want Jesus to set us free, open our eyes to the way this world really works, or if we would rather be the victim. Because if we would rather be able to complain about our plight, 
This message is not for you. If you would like to genuinely be set free where you can look at your situation and circumstances and really find, oh my gosh, now I get it. I get it. I love that precious sound. Sweet, sweet boy. Yeah, this is what it comes down to. This is what it means. Jesus came to bring good news to those who are suffering. Because in Jesus, guess what happens with death? Death has no sting. To the person who genuinely trusts Jesus with life, we're sitting here kind of going, hey man, death is better. Life is better on the other side of death than it is here because I'm promised eternity. And so this is that understanding of the Christ followers who's guaranteed heaven and consequently, so much more growth is possible in our difficult circumstances here on this earth. That's the miracle of Jesus. That's the beauty of who God is and why he sent Jesus to this earth. See, God's answer to prayer may very well be freedom in your adversity. Where he can show you what's really happening in your life. Whether you're healed or not, freedom is possible. The question is, is this us? Is this us as a people? Are we good news people? Not manufacturing good news, not telling people it's, it's going to be okay in a pithy kind of way, but genuinely saying it's going to be okay because we genuinely believe it's really going to be okay. There is so much more going on than you can see Let's let Jesus open our eyes to what's going on to this because freedom's possible and you may die anyway. There's the beauty of this gospel message. Are we a good news people? Do we bring clarity to suffering for others? While we may not be able to relieve them of their circumstances, what we offer is freedom in their suffering. And the question is, are we experiencing that? Are you experiencing that? Freedom in the face of suffering is God opening your eyes to what's really happening. This is where we can say things like, don't waste your cancer. Don't waste your disease. Don't waste your job loss. Don't waste the loss of life in your family. Don't waste these things. This is significant, but this is the gospel message. I mean, we, we live in a world that says there's financial trouble. It's bad. Is it? It may be the best thing that ever could happen to you. You may be able to grow in a way in which you're able to understand really what money really is all about. Same thing is true. I mean, you come into a whole lot of money, man, our world says that's great. It may be the worst thing that can happen to you. It may ruin you. Our world also says things like the loss of a loved one is bad. Is it? These are some tough questions, aren't they? And I don't say any of these lightly. We genuinely have to ask these questions where we're, we're 
The pressures of this world are different because we play with a different deck of cards. The game we're playing is completely different because when Jesus is Lord of our lives, everything changes. Health problems, they're bad, but are they? Parenting challenges, bad. Really? Maybe not. It may be a great thing because you're able to see how God views you through the parenting challenges with your child, and then you're able to care for the child in your suffering and teach them how to care for somebody else in their suffering while they're suffering. I can't think of a greatest parenting opportunity that exists. This is the idea of what Jesus is telling us. In our difficulties, there is always good news because Jesus was there. He's lived it. And Jesus is there to show the way forward. There is immense freedom when our eyes are open to this truth. Everything changes about life. The hard thing is, is that as well-meaning as we are, there is an indiscriminate truth that I have to bring up. And that is, while we're in our suffering, we get outside of ourselves and care for somebody else, what ends up happening is this phrase, hurt people hurt people. And so you have to understand that in our suffering, we care for somebody who's suffering. We need to be prepared that we're gonna lay our lives down when really what we want is somebody to just lay their life down for me. We're gonna lay our lives down for them and that person's gonna end up using our, our, our good against us because they're hurting. And now we're hurting. And what are we doing with that? Jesus is good news. We're good news people. But it's not a manufacturing of good news. This is genuine, authentic good news that comes from a, from a supernatural source, not from our natural capabilities. The question in this moment is, in our moments of suffering, and we care for somebody and then we suffer even more, do we hurt people at that time? Tell him I said hi. Do we hurt people at that time? When we're hurting, do we lash out and hurt? Because that's something we're going to need to do some work with. That's some repenting we need to do. My guess is we've all been guilty of that at some point in our lives. Whenever we are doing our best to deny ourselves and care for somebody, they end up hurting us, and it's a double hurt now. Do we need to ask forgiveness for that? Do we need to ask forgiveness from somebody else from the ways that we've wronged them or hurt them in our suffering? And so if we've fallen short as a people, as a church in this, we need to repent of that. If we've fallen short as individuals, we need to also repent and follow Jesus. We want to be a good news people. And we need to deny ourselves and trust God with the outcome. And we're going to be able to see this world through a different lens. May we bring Jesus with us in our suffering, just like Jesus did. May we do that. May we be a good news people. And here's the cool thing. When that happens, we will find that the pressures of this world, 
They just don't pack the same punch. Thanks be to God. Father, we love you and we praise your name. And Lord, this is, this is a lesson tonight. This is, man, your word here, Lord, it is, it is eye-opening and mind-blowing that not only are we in our selfishness, in our own suffering, when what we want more than anything is for people to care for us, what you're telling us is to be like Jesus. And in that moment, the best thing we can do is to care for somebody else that's suffering. Lord, this is what Jesus did. This is who you called us to be. Lord, this is not possible in our own strength. And so we need you. But Lord, what we want is we want to experience freedom. We want to see the things that are determined as bad or good on this earth through your lens, not through the earth that we live in's lens. Lord, we know that your economy is different. Lord, we know that your will and way are different. We understand that we are in this world, but Lord, we don't want to be of this world. And so Lord, will you help us? Help us to see clearly what's really going on. And Lord, may we be set free from the yuck that this world tends to push us down with. And Lord, in those moments where the enemy decides he wants to attack, Lord, may we see others and may we go to them. May we care for them. May we have compassion on them the way that you have compassion on us. Lord, may they then view others through your compassion and may they then bring others or see others through your compassion. Lord, may this movement catch like a wildfire and Lord, may it change our world. It starts here, Lord. So let us spend some time with you tonight, repenting, asking, and Lord, may you open our eyes to your will and your way. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.